0: on this week's episode the battle is just beginning for stranger things minions gets a rise at the box office and is there life for Magna pi after all all this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos
1: welcome
0: to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glasper from Pop Culture Cosmos, game source, inside sports fantasy football and the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us that 5-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanity Media, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, The Lakers Fast Break, and also as well, Vampires and Vitae, Pop Cosmos.com. Of course, our great site, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, where you can go ahead and follow the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day, plus, catch the number one tabletop RPG streamer right there on Facebook with tons of games going on each and every month right there for you at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Of course, like I said, Humanica Media and so much more. And if you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He's our own magnum PI of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at PopCultureCosmos.com, Humanican Media, his great stuff that he's doing for his shows, the Super BS Gamescast, and of course Clips, and also as well his amazing book, which you can get right now, Congratulations You Suck, at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. It is my good friend. It is Josh Culture Cosmos, a.k.a. Josh Peterson. What's up, man?
2: what is up what's going on how you doing
0: good happy birthday by the way thank you. weekend for you happy uh, july 4th weekend or week to everyone out there because it's hitting on monday for us here in the states but i see you know you're, you're grooming that mustache just like tom Selleck used to do in the back in the day for that magnum pi look right there man
2: <laughs> and it's minus the beard you just can't see the short shorts i'm i'm sporting right now so all right you, probably, I probably good for everybody
0: I know you've got that Hawaiian shirt just right there in the closet. I've got a few you can have in case you need it. So <laughs> Nice. But the reason why we're talking about Magnum P.I. is, is there a life, a second life for the reboot of Magnum P.I.? There might just be, and we'll have the news on that on the back end of the show as Dawn Fobbs is here with her July TV update as she talks about Magnum P.I., several other shows, including The Old Man and more, so check that out on the back end of the show. Plus, Josh and I on the back end of the show will be talking about Anime Expo 2022 that took place this weekend in Los Angeles. What's the future of anime? We'll be talking about some of the projects that were shown off there and Josh's overall thoughts on the world of anime. That's coming up in a bit as well. Plus, we're going to be touching on the success of Minions Rise of Gru. Also as well, the boys had kind of like a Star Wars thing going on. We'll talk about that. Plus, also as well, Miss Marvel, where are we at there. And of course, we're gonna be talking all the things in pop culture right here at the pop culture cosmos. But <sighs> season four is done. Finally with Stranger Things, my friend. Man, it came to a cataclysmic ending with the
2: so i don't say anything yet i haven't
0: seen that in- well you know okay let's just say hawkins is up in arms as far as it's concerned i'll be generalistic as far as that Did you watch the whole thing yeah i watched the whole thing finished uh. it off for this
2: show okay the- my bad dude i like i can't like my this is the one show like my wife will not let me watch without her and she okay. is we've been struggling yeah. to stay up. So <laughs> All right. well, I, I did it
0: for you. I stayed up till two or three in the morning. I don't remember checking it out. I will say again, for those who have seen it and probably there's already a couple hundred million, three hundred million hundred million, 300 million hours already spent watching that. I will say that Hawkins is again in trouble. And of course that leads into an eventual and final season five mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. ultimate battle to take place. So, that's not very much of a spoiler. You know the Duffer Brothers are setting everything up for Season 5.
2: You'll I know there's a the final showdown.
0: Yeah, the final showdown. So I don't think that's a secret out there. But I really like where Season 4 ended up. You know, obviously setting itself up for that. But it did a great job of going ahead. And, and both sides, both dark and light, good and evil, get their shots in, of course. And the way they went about... Going ahead and getting everything together and aligning everything together, you knew was heading up to that. If you checked out the first, what seven episodes, I believe, if that's correct, on as far as part one is concerned, and
2: then yeah,
0: Yeah. yeah, it sets you up for season four, part two, which is essentially two episodes, but it's almost four hours long as far as for those two episodes. So I know that episode two is over two hours, and I know that episode one is well over an hour as well. So yeah, you're you're checking out a lot of good things there with Season 4, Volume 2. So I won't give away too many spoilers. I will just say, again, it leads up everything to a cataclysmic battle that leads into a bigger battle on the horizon in Season 5.
2: It's going to be good, man. It's I'm excited to sit down and watch it. We're about thirty minutes through the first episode. We just my wife keeps falling asleep every time we turn it on. So man, you
0: gotta check it out, man. You gotta catch up with it. I
2: know. I want to so bad. I want to. It's like it's killing me that I have not watched the whole thing yet.
0: Okay. So again, volume two, the first episode, which is episode number eight, I think, for season four. That's well over an hour. And of course, The final episode of the season is well over two hours just to get everybody prepared. That was a movie in and of itself, which kind of surprised me just because of the fact that, again, Netflix is just giving the Duffer brothers the, the leeway. They're just giving them the whole carte blanche. And even though Netflix has had its troubles with other areas of its operation and they don't have the same amount of subscribers that they once did, They've actually, again, in this year reported that they've gone down slightly, which has led to some layoffs and and cuts backs and things of that nature on other parts of their operation. There's no shortage of what they're spending on stranger than things.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, let's look at it. It's it's become like a pop culture icon, you know, like people are flocking like it. If anything is keeping Netflix afloat right now, it is the people wanting to see Stranger Things. Like, they had so many people trying to watch the um, the new episodes. I think it was on Thursday night that actually crashed Netflix. Yes. So, I mean, that, that goes to say a lot. I feel like it, as far as the extended episode times go, I'm wondering if, you know, they had... This was like this a lot of this was filmed pre-pandemic, so they had a lot of that stuff already lined up, but then during the pandemic they decided they wanted to add on to a bunch of things. So I'm curious if you know they ended up restructuring things and what we got with season four part one was actually like the end of the season. And then you know these these two episodes here are like bonus kind of like bonus material.
0: Well, if it's bonus material, then it's a lot of bonus material. In fact, that last episode Again, two and a half hours long. And in doing so, it does stretch things out a little bit for whatever takes place at the end of season four. I can't, again, divulge too much out of it because I know people out there like Josh still haven't finished catching up with it yet. But believe me, yes, everybody out there knows it leads or it's going to lead to a cataclysmic battle that's going to take place in season five. I don't know how many episodes season five will end up being, but you know, Josh Duffer brothers right now, they can literally write their own check that Netflix will cash.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. With those almost $20 subscription fees, I'm sure there's plenty of money to give.
0: Absolutely. Indeed. But if you have thoughts out there on season four volume two or the entire season four of stranger things, we would love to hear your thoughts. Although not too spoilery because I know Josh is still Waiting to catch up with Stranger Things, but please, if you have any thoughts on Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2, or Stranger Things Season 4 in and of itself, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yakku.com. Well, the other big winner this weekend, outside of Stranger Things, I guess technically it'll become the most watched television season of all time, beating, as far as a streaming entity is concerned, beating the... Squid Game, at its own game. But the thing is, I don't know. Would you count it as a win because it was so close to doing it before Volume Two? Would you count it as a win? I'm not sure because again, I put an asterisk on it because again, they broke it up into two parts as opposed to what they, you know, did for Squid Game. Just you know, throwing the all the episodes right there for you. What are your thoughts on that? Before we go ahead into the next,
2: I, I mean, I, th- I feel like it was a good way to create customer retention you know oh yeah
0: they have to do that absolutely
2: yeah and i feel like it was really nothing beyond that you know or maybe is them trying to like keep the hype train rolling i guess well because because you look at it the last season released what june 4th june somewhere around there and it released
0: they broke it up they
2: broke it up yeah but i mean and then they're like hey we're gonna release a second part in just a month so i mean i I feel like there was definitely i'm wondering if netflix had a hand in this so people could like of if course. people were trying to get through like their 30 day subscription or whatever and then like oh wait now you have to pay for an extra month i don't know it, it just it seems kind of weird to me well they're going to be
0: doing this not only netflix but i think we're going to see other streaming outlets emulate this as far as doing the two-parter deals concerned as opposed to just throwing all the episodes out there for their most popular vehicles i have a feeling that we're going to be seeing this a lot more often from at least Netflix, if not other streaming outlets, especially for, again, let's say for Squid Game season two, I have a feeling they'll throw that into two parts just to keep you strung along for another month. I know Umbrella Academy though. It hurts. I think that's the bad part of it is that it hurts other shows like the Umbrella Academy, which came out for season three, which came out just before volume two of Stranger was, Things came out
2: um, that was a dumb release plan for them yeah no but I wonder if that was already slated before they're like oh hey we're gonna break this season up into two parts
0: well you kill that show you kill that show because of the fact that it was just barely out and then already boom you've got the second part of Stranger Things but, and that to me really hurts hurts myself as a viewer because Umbrella Academy is pretty good in itself
2: yeah but also like let's be honest here for anyone who's been watching umbrella academy season three it's kind of killing itself i mean it ended
0: up pretty good
2: i mean i just like let's let go of the time travel thing and let's just do something like original you know like they've been clinging to time travel for three seasons now let's just like let it go and find a new story to tell
0: well, maybe they will in season four. It gave a little bit of a hint of that in season four as far as jumping into a new timeline. Maybe they'll stay there. I know there's rumors that this could be the final season, season four for the Umbrella Academy because it's believed the creators might have had a four season envision in mind. But you never know. Netflix could back up the Brinks truck like they did for the Duffer Brothers and, and do another season. No, but
2: i did really really love that like opening dance number that they did like oh, that, yeah. Two was, that, was, loose. that was really funny yeah
0: well it is again umbrella academy and stranger things on netflix so if you have any thoughts on that please let us know pop culture cosmos at com.
1: hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast
0: For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on Wherever You Get Your Podcasts. Well, there's too much more to talk about on today's program. Plus, we have later in the show Don Fobbs with a July TV update, and we'll also be talking anime expo on the back end of the show. But my friend also this weekend scoring a big hit with the largest animated opening since Frozen 2 is your friend and mine The Minions Rise of Gru which scored a 100 million dollar opening in its first 3 days going to do about 130 140 here in the states alone when it was expected to do 150 worldwide and it's going to do well over $200 million in its first weekend worldwide at the box office. So that's a big hit for Universal and Illumination. Your thoughts on why this succeeded and Lightyear didn't.
2: So, I've been chatting a lot about this with my wife.
0: Your wife is your sounding board. That's She's for sure
2: sounding board. Yeah, cuz I mean most of my friends like don't care about this stuff anymore except for you, of course. But I'm looking at like Lightyear. Lightyear Made the mistake of coming out Father's Day weekend, right? And then on top of that, they're kind of like using, I don't know, they're like marketing was weird for this. And then, you know, on top of that, had all the controversy with characters in the movie and all that. Then you look at Minions and Minions Rise of Gru is just a movie where there's no expectations. There's no social agendas at play. It's just you go it's just gags you just go in you watch it you laugh you get the ooh banana and then that's it no one is really expecting thing which made me laugh because i'm like i'm sitting here reading a review from variety and they're like it falls short because it doesn't have a plot what are you expecting from a movie about tiny yellow men like why even bother rating this movie you gave this movie a 5 why bother with it because it doesn't have a plot why were you expecting a plot from little yellow men who or whatever they are walking around making fart noises and yelling banana over and over again like i don't right right i don't understand like this movie it's just funny it's fun to go watch it's hilarious like i just don't understand like oh man it doesn't check my boxes and i'm gonna give it a bad rating like who cares you know i went to the movie theaters this past week i didn't watch minions but like there's a a big line of people wanting to go see Minions and that's because it's just a movie. You don't have to think about it. There's no, like I said, no like social plays going on the the movie. It's just a fun movie to watch and good for them. Good for them.
0: And I agree with you on that. I know that's something that you and I talk about as far as the critic culture is concerned. I think that IGN gave it a five as well. And I'm thinking myself again, this is just Minion jokes for two hours. They exactly, U- yeah. at Universal and Illumination, they know where their bread is buttered. They just make right. two hours of minion jokes, and with the Despicable Me, they kind of have to tell a little bit of a story, which again centers a little bit around groove, but still on the side have maybe a half hour or forty-five minutes of minion jokes added on to it.
2: Right. So
0: that's it has to be a little bit more structured. I get that. But for minions. It is two hours of Minion jokes. And if you're like you and I, which love the Minions, I can't wait to go ahead and watch this movie. I can't wait. In fact, what this movie has done is made me kind of get the itch to go back and rewatch all the Despicable Me and Minions, which is what, about six now? Six movies in for the combined universe?
2: Five, right? I mean, there's Despicable... There's three Despicable Me movies, one Minions, and then this one that just came out.
0: Okay, so it's five. Okay, so yeah. Could be wrong. But again, it's a recent IP. It's something that is you know actually developed over the last decade, and it's been a big hit for Universal and Illumination. And you know what? The expectations should just be, you know, we talked about on Friday, Melinda talked about with some things that you're watching where you can just enjoy, like the Terminalist, the Terminalist on Amazon Prime with Chris Pratt, just turning your brain off. Yeah, it's getting horrible reviews. But just turn your brain off and just check it out and watch. That's yeah. what you should do with minions. Just right. turn your brain off and just enjoy the fart jokes. Just enjoy the minions jokes. Just enjoy the minions for what they are.
2: Right. And let's let's be honest here, though. You should be able to do that with a lot more movies. You know, like this goes beyond minions. You know, just just make a movie people can enjoy. Stop like trying to create problems where there aren't any. You know, I mean even looking at miss marvel we have you know the the race and gender sexuality stuff just let the characters be there organically like don't go out of your way to like make your audiences create controversy with all that just let people watch movies and let people make up their own minds about them it's all weird also my daughter got a one of those despicable me fart guns for her birthday and it was like the greatest gift she's ever received
0: hearing that all day long sure you're enjoying that but it is minions riser grew and it is a big hit at the box office earning almost 130 million dollars here domestically in its first four days release and then going 200 million dollars worldwide exceeding expectations uh, again that's a big hit for universal they're able to go ahead and extend this ip out it seems like it's not running out of steam anytime soon so i'm sure we'll be seeing a despicable me 4 coming along at some point they I love the way they alternate Despicable Me, Minions, Despicable Me, Minions. They really know how to go ahead and space these
2: out. You know what I would love to see? A a Minions slash Rabbids crossover. Like get them to team up with Ubisoft. Like Uh that. just imagine the chaos that could happen on the screen with something like that.
0: Well, there you go. But it is Minions Rise of Gru. And if you have thoughts on Minions and the Rise of Gru... Doing so well at the box office this July 4th weekend, this Canada Day weekend. Big shout out to our friends who celebrated Canada Day over the course of the past few days. So big, big win for Minions Rise or Gru. And if you have thoughts and have checked out Minions Rise or Gru, or if you're really into or not into the Minions and the Despicable Me universe, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Couple last tidbits before we hit the break, my friend. You mentioned Miss Marvel, which is now through almost all of its episodes. Episode 4 just finished up, episode 4 of 6. It is chugging right along. They went to Pakistan, Miss Marvel, learning more about the origins of the bangle that she's wearing that gives her her powers. She learned a little bit more as she headed over to Pakistan in this latest episode. She get some friends with the Red Daggers, a group that's committed to going ahead and and fighting for the side of good against the clandestines or the Chin, which we see has, I don't know, it's just one of the stupidest scenes I've seen from a Marvel TV show yet in that there was like, I don't know if you saw it already with the damage control location that looks Mm -hmm. very similar to the jail locations that they've set out in the movies for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this is supposed to be this big super prison that they show you in the first scene. And in less than what almost seemingly 90 seconds, they seemingly break out of this super prison because you've only got three guards guarding all these gin, these super powered clandestines that, you know, they're going ahead and supposed to be incarcerated. So they easily get out of this big super prison. I just thought that was so dumb. It kind of threw me off for the entire episode. Yeah. It, just, it was only 90 seconds or two minutes worth of footage. But yeah, sometimes with me, those little things they just bother oh, me.
2: For sure, yeah. I mean, and this is where like I have really enjoyed Miss Marvel so far. But much like some of the other things in the Marvel television shows, like they do things to cut corners for story to set things up, you know, and they don't really think about like how realistic this might be.
0: It's just like that, and that, that just it irritates me to no end. It was more fun episode this week. I know for me, it's been a little bit up and down as far as the the whole adventure of Miss Marvel. But for me, it was on a little bit up because they did have, outside of that very glaring air, they did have a, I guess, a spirited episode in Pakistan. There was a nice car chase, and it was actually very fun to watch that end of it, although it did go through a lot of tropes. But still, with Miss Marvel trying to find and understand out her powers... And the red dagger that comes to her aid in this episode, I kind of like that part of it. But again, just the way they got there, especially with that one small scene, yeah, that couldn't been elaborated on, that couldn't been more extended upon, or that should have been. I really think that you know, again, it's kind of a mixed bag. But overall, I, when they're in Pakistan, I thought I liked what I saw.
2: And that's what I've kind of enjoyed about like Moon Knight and you know Miss Marvel at this point is that you are going to see different cultures and you're going around the yes. world different locations it's not just a big fight in a big city you know yes. and i think that that's one thing that they are doing right but they do need to kind of watch out for this i'm gonna do this just because i want to set this scene up down the road like it doesn't make sense you know does it uh, feel like logic i know there's no logic in superhero movies at all but like is somebody gonna look at that and be like oh, that was kind of dumb
0: Well, I like the fact that they have gone, well, I know that the series started in New Jersey. Seemingly every Marvel series always has to take place at or around New York. So I'm glad they kind of veered away from that in Pakistan. And again, the, the glimpses of the Pakistani culture, that I like very much, that I enjoy seeing because I learn more and I understand more about different cultures that we have in our world. But yes, sometimes the way they get there Is kind of just not the way I would go about it. Right. And before we hit the break, my friend, one last thing is the boys, episode seven for season three. It wasn't as monumental as Hero Gasm was last week. I think that Hero Gasm, again, for me, is the best episode I've seen from the boys overall in the entire series. This one kind of took like an exhale and then an inhale as it tried to go ahead and tell more stories as far as setting itself up for the rest of the season. But it did drop one little tiny nugget there at the end of the episode, which was very reminiscent of Star Wars Empire Strikes Back with a reveal of a familial nature. So have you checked out the boys and are you up to date on what's going on with certain familiar issues going on there with the boys?
2: I am not, but go ahead and spoil it for me because now you got me curious.
0: Okay. Well we find out where Homelander, who is the main antagonist of the series, and pretty much you know, where everything in this series centers around as far as Homelander is concerned. Mm-hmm. Anthony Starr, who does a great job and has been doing such a great job in this for three seasons now, he, as he's trying to go ahead and write the ship for Vought International and trying to get everything going, he's learning of Jensen Eccles and his character that he's playing in Soldier Boy, who has reemerged with the help of the boys after, what, 40 years or something like that. They get him out of a Russian cryo prison, obviously emulating what Marvel has done with the uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. The thing is though, he has this uh, I guess involuntary reaction sometimes and he can go ahead and build up this energy that blows up a wide area of, of whatever and he's gone actually when he was in New York, he blew up a wide area and killed many people. And he did the same thing in Hero Gasm, where he got so angry he built up this ball of energy that just destroyed where this hero-gasm was taking place. And the big reveal is that Soldier Boy, fighting off against Homelander like he did in Episode 6, in Episode 7, instead of a confrontation, they have a conversation on the phone. Just before the credits, you find out that Soldier Boy, before he was imprisoned and captured by the Russians, he actually uh, gave some DNA in an experiment to go ahead and build a better hero, per se, at that time, in 1981. And wouldn't you know, that's right around the time Homelander was born. So
2: mm-hmm. Okay, so, wait, just yeah. so Soldier Boy, is he like super strong and stuff, or is he just...
0: Yeah, Soldier Boy is super strong and stuff. Plus, again, he gets this ball of energy, which he cannot control. Uh, sometimes he gets so angry he can not control it if he wants to go ahead and kill a certain person. But sometimes he, when he hears Russian music, he gets get so uh, messed up he actually blows up a wide area that's around him which is shown of course across the the season so far but the thing is yes at the very end of episode seven he reveals that he is the father of homelander so you find out, out yeah you find out that yeah they i don't know where it goes from here next do they become allies do they still stay enemies but it's become very interesting. But I will praise Jensen Ackles' performance so far in Soldier Boy. The great performances keep on coming for this show. And that's one reason why the show has exceeded so well is because of the fact that the performances are so good that are behind it.
2: Carl Urban is definitely a big piece of glue for this show. Like, he is just his character is very enigmatic, and you want yeah. to know more you know, Homelander, he's terrifying. He's like someone you run into at like a corporation, you know, like they seem very kind, but then behind closed doors, they're like murdering people and stuff. Like he's a very good villain.
0: And with this temporary compound V that he and Huey are using in the series that could eventually kill them if they keep on using it because they're now addicted to the temporary V powers That becomes an even more perplexing thing going forward as we close out the season of The Boys coming up in the not-too-distant future. So if you're at where I'm at, or if you want to know more, if you want to have thoughts out there on season three of The Boys and the reveal, the Darth Vader-like reveal that Soldier Boy is the father of Homelander, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, it is Don Fobbs with our July TV update. Then Josh and I will be on the back end of the show talking the Anime Expo and where anime is at in 2022. That's coming up at the back end of the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you're ready to talk toys... I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show and we're back for Season 2 for 10 more episodes of Toy and Goodness. And this time we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what-if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that and of course our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show Season 2 exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford. Coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you so much for watching and listening. As we were recording on Thursday, the PCC Multiverse, Melinda and myself, got the news just after we did that NBC, amongst its changes for the fall lineup, announced a big surprise that it will be picking up Magnum PI on a two season order, 20 episode order, Mm -hmm. going in for the next two seasons. And here today to talk about that, plus a couple other tidbits. Good friend indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today on the Mother Daughter Ish podcast. It is Don Fobbs, as always, our TV expert. Don, great to have you here. Thank you so Thank much, you. as always.
1: Hello, hello, hello. I'm excited. You know, it's funny that we're talking about this today because I was just reading about it on Thursday night and they were saying because of the fan outcry mm-hmm. and that they're going to have it, you know, coming for 2023. And I was like, you know, that's the thing, Joe. It really makes a difference for people to speak up and say when they love a show or when they, they want to see it continue. I've had so many shows that I've loved that just disappeared. And I'm just like, am I the only one that would be willing to say something? So... I'm glad that those who love the show that they gave such an outcry that the studios actually heard it. Because sometimes you think nobody cares or nobody hears you when it comes to like your favorite shows. Yeah. I wasn't shocked about the Magnum P.I. thing, actually. I wasn't wasn't shocked because a lot of shows have been given life back because the fans are like, No, you're not doing this to us.
0: (laughs) Well, now with the advent of streaming outlets and the fact that there's so much more competition for content out there, I think that's something that came into play. And with CBS being the, I think, the most watched broadcast network of the major U.S. broadcast networks. I know we're syndicated around the world, but to give everyone an idea, CBS has been consistently Mm -hmm. at or near the top of the broadcast ratings. A lot of their shows are in the top 30 to 50 shows each and every year. This show has been amongst the top 30 each and every year, but it's always been teetering on the the edge of cancellation. It's been moved around in time each and every season. It's something that, They've had enough faith to keep around but not enough faith to go ahead and give it a stable landing spot each and every season. They always seem to play around with it, so to speak, but looks like right now, after a cancellation, even though again it finished in the top thirty as right. far as overall broadcast shows here in America, that's still a good sign right there that they could and eventually like you said, they did get picked up
1: yeah 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 yeah, and I think that like I said, I think it's pretty good and what it does for me is it gives me hope on some of the other shows that I'm just saying, if people just kind of like give them a chance and I don't know if it's because, People are not watching particular channels because they're streaming everything somewhere else or what it is. But they got to realize that even if you only look at Hulu, you can still stream ABC, CBS, NBC. You can still stream all of that from your Hulu portal. You can still get all of those. So yeah. I hope people give it a chance. And you got to remember, Magnum PI was loved way back in the day. I mean, I, Tom said, "Come on, are you kidding?" He's been loved for a long time. And for them to give it a reboot and for people to like it, it's like. That's a good thing.
0: Yeah, it is definitely a good thing. The thing that's surprising to me, though, is that it got not just a one-season order, it got a two-season order, 20 episodes. The thing also is what you got to consider is the fact that there's still negotiations on who will jump over to the NBC because they all have to be released from their CBS contracts, I believe. That's That's what's going on. It's a little bit kind of messy as far as the back end is concerned, but I'm assuming all the main actors are jumping over to the nbc version especially the two lead actors who i guess at the very end from what i've seen as far as the last episode of the season finally got romantically involved which i know got fans in an uproar which is part of the reason why they wanted to continue but as you said i think this invigorates a lot of shows that are on that cut line so to speak that we talk about every year that they can find hope in another outlet streaming Broadcast cable right. that they can go ahead and find a home somewhere else.
1: Right. I know there's like a magic number that a lot of the broadcast channels want, but I think that if they look at the number and they go, okay, well, I can find life somewhere else, I think it's fair for them to go find life over there because it's not like saying, well, only three people watched it. I mean, yeah. if you've got millions that are loving it, make the millions happy.
0: <laughs> exactly. I know also as well, it's always about the demo, you know. Which age groups are watching it. Oh my gosh. And and older skewing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, advertisers and demos and broadcasts are not actually interested in individuals my age watching it as much as they are younger audiences, such as Mm yourself. And they don't see it that way as they want to make sure that's between the beloved 18 to Forty or forty-five in that—I mm-hmm. r- don't, you know, in that range. But yeah, it's—it just- used to be
1: eighteen to thirty-five, so they've moved it up. I'm glad.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, uh, I, I still spend money out there. I still spend money and stuff. So, but I, I know with comes to CBS. They are an older skewing broadcast network in the first yes. place. Yes. And I know that that sometimes is a hard deal as far as what they have to do is make a call. But I am glad to see Magna Pi getting another two seasons. Yeah. Two other shows I want to go and talk about for this month. Do you want to actually talk about the good or the bad before we head on out? I say let's get the
1: bad out of the way so we end on a good note.
0: (laughs) Okay. I I know I wanted to go ahead and and communicate with you in regards to The Time Traveler's Wife on HBO and HBO Max. That's a show that was, I guess, uh, not exactly beloved by the critics, but had a little bit of a following. Your thoughts on The Time Traveler's Wife getting canceled by HBO and HBO Max? If you
1: pay attention to any of the demographics, they were always kind of like on that chopping block, I thought. Because even on Rotten Tomatoes, they got almost a 40%. Yeah. So if you start looking at the numbers, and that's all, I mean, I hate to say it, but they just care about the numbers, okay? Of course. HBO is just looking for such powerful programming because I think they get it when it comes to we are competing against all of the other showtime all of the other netflix all of the other who they realize they're competing and i think that if you can't get that upper echelon or that big number they don't have a choice but to cancel it because it is a it is a competition
0: yeah that's for Um,
1: sure. i like the show but i'm not gonna miss it and there may be a lot of people who felt like that But if you start looking at like numbers and things like that, I think that's all they care about. Now they may take this and they may replace it with something that's even more dynamic. I don't know, but I know that they confirmed that the series was going to be canceled. And I just think (laughs) that if you don't make the cut, then it's all about the numbers. Yeah. And again, you and I have talked about this many times. That doesn't mean that they won't go find life somewhere else. But I'm just telling you, HBO, one thing I know about HBO is they only want the top of the top of the top that's at the, the the big viewership where they can continue to dump the money, dump the money, dump the money into it. And it just didn't make the cut, but,
0: you know. I want to go ahead and add on to that is the fact that that show, I mean, that, what they see is not just the fact is what does the first episode get? When you're watching a streaming shows, what does the sixth episode get? What does the seventh episode in that season get? What does the... Do people watch from beginning to end? That's a big concern to these streaming outlets, especially Mm -hmm. like with Netflix when they dump them all on the same day, so to speak, like they did with so many other shows. Like for instance, Stranger Things, when they Mm -hmm. they dumped almost everything out of the last two episodes for season four, are people watching it? And obviously with the 900 million hours for this season, season four that they've earned, Obviously, that's been a great success for them. But for instance, Cowboy Bebop, it was so popular on the first episode. But unfortunately, the reason why it got canceled is because by yeah. the time people were finishing with the seventh, eighth episode, right. a lot of people were dropping off. So unfortunately, right. it right. mice there. Right. That's right. what people are gauging there. And I know with Time Traveler's Wife, not only did it get scathing reviews, like you said, it must have lost interest. right. And it was just
1: movie. the one season. So yeah. I look at like, I, I wonder with the directors and producers, it's like, why not put everything you can imagine in the one season so that you give somebody hope to give you season two and three? Like with yeah. Stranger Things, for example, like you said, with the first one, it was like, oh, you, you reeled me in with the story, with the kids, with the imagination, with the wondering yeah. Time Traveler's wife kind of, I hate to say this, but they kind of came in and coasted like, yeah. well, you're familiar with this type of story, so we're going to give you what we're going to give you. But I think if they would have just put a little more bang into it and and gave you that old cliche cliffhanger type of thing too, they yeah. would have gotten more than one season because this is just one season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's not a good sign as far no, as that. No, yeah, for It's never season.
1: a good sign when you get canceled yeah. after one season because what that says to me is that you didn't just put it all in there to make me want to come back. You just gave me just, eh.
0: Exactly. And HBO Max is on the upswing as far as the number oh, yeah. of, of viewers it's getting and the number oh, of yeah. shows that have been successes this season. Euphoria, Our Flag Means Death, Winning Time, The Rise of the Los Angeles Lakers, Also as well, Tokyo Vice. All those shows have been successes on the yep. network and all have been renewed for another season. So you right. see there the kind of successes – and. That's what you have to meet up with. Raising Wolves, that show was a critical success initially and something that they started the network with that unfortunately got canceled in season Mm -hmm. two last month. So that's, Mm -hmm. you see, there's now a a line where they want to cross as far as what they want to do. Westworld is now just recently come out. So we'll see what happens with season four there. But before we head on out, I want to go ahead and actually add in one more show Okay. That actually is some good news. The and old that, man. The old man. Yes, it's not my biography series. I just want to make sure everybody knows that. It's not yes. about me. <laughs> but the it's old epic. man Yes, with Jeff Bridges, obviously that has garnered a lot of interest early on in the series because the fact that it, re- it just very quickly upon its release already got renewed for season two. So that's good signs for not only Jeff Bridges, but everybody involved with John Lithgow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So tell me I mean, your thoughts. I mean, you're happy about this? Uh, I th- I am for Jeff Bridges because he recently- I was going to say, I'm story. happy
1: for Jeff Bridges and John Lithgow. I think that, yeah. you know, when you look at a lot of programming, you see so many younger people, it's like, okay, come on, give us something for those of us 50 or older, you know, give yeah. us the old school guys, give us the, you know, the the good, I like to call it the good old acting, give us that because mm-hmm. we do want to see that as well. So I'm excited simply because of the actors that are in it. It was a good show. I, I say that was a good that was a good sign to give that one a renewal. I like that, that it, right. they gave that one a renewal. And there's so yeah, many new I shows agree. coming up. And that one, I think, was worthy of getting its thing. Kind of like I, I'm going to miss Grace and Frankie on Netflix. I like that because, you know, that was about two older ladies. And, you know, just the experience and the wisdom and the funny that we need that too. Just like we need the young shows. We need the shows with the older actors as, as well because we're familiar with them from long time ago it's great to have the new actors and actresses but i want to see some john lithgow and i want to see some jeff bridges and i want to see some jane fonda and some other people you know
0: yeah absolutely couldn't agree with you more on that i'm happy for jeff bridges because he had a health scare before starting work on the old man in regards to i think he fought cancer he had a cancer issue that he was able to overcome so i'm happy that he is finding success once again as far as with the old man Mm -hmm. Once again, it's Don Fobbs right here, our TV expert for this month. Again, here for her July TV report. Before we head on out, is there anything that you want people to know about what you're watching or want people to check out right there on the TV?
1: You know, Netflix got a lot going on. They're raising their rates. They're doing all kinds of stuff. So I guess they better figure out a way to keep people involved, because I know people that are backing out left and right that are saying, you know what, I don't even need to watch TV this bad. And I'm just like, Oh. oh, wow.
0: Well, they better be still continuously providing the content. I know they've got The Gray yep. Man with Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling on the way. I know yep. they've got some other stuff as well. They've moved up And
1: Kevin Hart's Cobra movie time. just came out. Yes, uh, The, the man, man from Toronto. It actually was good. And I watched it twice because I was like, this is my type of show. Like when The Rock show came, that gave me that James bond s type of thing. So I've watched his twice too. But I, I looked at the Kevin Hart, but see... You know what? I'm a little biased and it's not about Kevin Hart, but it's really all about
0: Woody Harrelson.
1: I like me some Woody Harrelson. I mean, I watch (laughs) him all day long. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this twice just to make sure I still like him. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) But that was a good one. The Man from Toronto. It was good. It was fun. It was silly. It was, you know, it was it was it was cool. You know, I watched it for Woody, not even for Kevin, which is the funny part.
0: There you go. Kevin Hart, such a talented actor. And of course, Woody Harrelson, he is in so many great properties. So and I great. I like that he comes out career. in
1: spurts. He doesn't overdo yeah. himself. You see him every now and then, you don't see him in everything. And that's why when he pops up, it's such a delightful surprise
0: absolutely he'll put himself in a franchise situation where he's oh, in yeah. a star wars movie oh, or maybe yeah. a marvel movie yep. but yet he'll go ahead and do something like you said with a comedy yeah or you know i think he's doing a remake of white men can't jump i think i, think I heard about
1: that yeah, yeah i think michael Rapaport was saying was giving a breakdown on that because yeah. I think he had a a little uh, occurring little role in there. So I don't know how that's going to work out because some, some old shows, they should leave it old.
0: Yeah, exactly. And just
1: leave it back when in the day, like don't remake we'll some things.
0: We'll see how it looks, but yes, I agree with you on that. Sometimes yeah. it needs to stay back in nostalgia. Yeah, but it needs before- to stay where it is. But before we head on out, my friend, you've got an awesome show, the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. So give us the lowdown on what's going on with your awesome show, the Mother Daughter-ish podcast.
1: We have been having a ball. Let me tell you, Gerald, we uh, went on this little journey in the last 30 days where we wanted to create some t-shirts and so we decided to get the equipment and we've been making t-shirts you know we have some with our our mother daughter ish podcast on it we've been visiting all the places where you buy all your equipment and everything i found quite a few more little shops where you can buy all kinds of equipment we've been having a really really good time incorporated my interview process so i've now interviewed i think six people it's been really awesome talking about their businesses and what they do to help women so i'm really loving the interview process i said that i was going to start it for the summer and i'm going to tell you Thank you two or three weeks before summer kicked off. I already have people lined up, ready to be interviewed. So that's been really, really great. We're having we're having a really good time. That's what I'm doing today is in the uh, studio today, just recording all day long and getting ready for a three-week road trip with my car club. So we're going to be heading from Texas to Vermont all the way back down to South Carolina and then back over to New Orleans and back to Texas. So that's going to be a three-week trip with about 10,000 other Mini Cooper drivers. Ooh. So I'll be leaving on Monday and I'm excited about that. So I got to get my shows going and that way I can enjoy my trip. So, but we're having a great time at Mother Daughter-ish. We got our proclamation from our city of Houston. September 1st is going to be declared Mother Daughter-ish day. And so we're just moving right along. Our trademark came back in approved. We're doing good.
0: Congratulations. I wish you continued success and obviously safe travels out there, but it is Don Fobbs, our TV expert at the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. When we come back next month as far as what we talk about, I think we're getting closer and closer to those fall premieres. Fall so fall
1: lineups. So yeah. yeah. So Hell I yeah. want your
0: early thoughts next time we meet on the fall lineups and okay. where do you think it's leading to as far as not only with the broadcast, the obviously the streaming and the cable mm-hmm. outlets. So what are your thoughts on the fall lineups the next time you're around, if that's okay?
1: Oh, that sounds good. I'm excited to talk about that because I've been kind of Googling, schmoogling, trying to figure out, you know, if there's something early buzz or whatever, but I'm like, uh, as soon as some buzz comes out, I'll be taking notes because myself I'm excited to see what's going to happen on ABC, NBC, Peacock, HBO show, all of the channels, because I know with them canceling as much as they have in the last 90 days, they got to have some good programming sitting in the vault going now it's time to do this now it's time to put that out or somebody introducing something new that we need to see but i'm excited to see what's going on and i think they're going to just get better and better i think they've kind of realized Gerald, at this point that hey everybody doesn't want to see reality reality shows all the time let's get back to the good series let's get back to the good movies i see a lot of people creating their own series you know uh, mike Epps' show came back on netflix as well so it's like i'm excited to just see more series more movies i i'm not into the reality tv thing but i want to see just good programming and so i'm excited so yeah i can't wait to talk to you about that next month
0: awesome indeed once again it's don fobbs please go ahead and check out what she and her daughter are doing today at the mother daughter ish podcast don always great to have you here looking forward Thank to you. a conversation starting with the fall lineups coming Oh, I'm excited to see what's brewing. (laughs) Yes, as I am myself. So, yes, excited to see what's coming up in the future for television coming up this fall. And we'll be talking about it when you stop by next time right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos. want to thank Don Fobbs from the Mother Daughter-ish podcast, as always, for stopping by on the program. But before we head on out, my friend, LA, SoCal, our former base of operations, they held this weekend, Anime Expo 2022. And from what I see, it was a great celebration. A lot of people attended, so... I know that going back to cons is now a good thing in many ways. So people did check out Anime Expo this weekend. want to hear your thoughts on this as many of the shows that were shown off there, Bleach, A Thousand Year Blood War, Cyberpunk Edgerunners, they're both on Netflix, Crunchyroll's Big Hit, Spy X Family. I mean, there's some really good shows out there for the anime world. It is still anime for the most part still kind of on the cusp i think of doing and getting out to a much larger audience i think star wars and other big properties have dipped into the waters of anime so i think the future is bright for anime but your thoughts as anime expo 2022 becomes a big hit this past weekend
2: you know i've noticed this too is that anime is getting huge you know i have I remember growing up. It's not up,
0: mainstream yet, but it's very it's uh, I think it's on the cusp. On the cusp.
2: It's getting yeah. really close. I mean, you're like you go to Target now and Target has manga sections and it just it's it's almost everywhere you go now. Like it, it just even at the mall up the road from us, they, they just put in this big old anime store and it's like filled with statues and wall scrolls and things like that but you know i remember in the 90s like anime was so niche right you had your big properties you had your cowboy bebops and triguns and things like that but now it's 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 everywhere you see anime t-shirts everywhere and it's funny because like i would love to watch anime at some point but i just i feel like i've been left behind you know and i see all these people at anime expo and i'm like oh there's There's got to be something good out there that I can watch, but I don't even know where to start because there's so much of it now. Um,
0: Well, yeah, I mean, with Netflix having so much of a uh, imprint now in the anime world, Hulu with its share of animation and Crunchyroll still out there getting its dedicated fans catching that channel. I mean, there's still many places to go for people that are into anime. Even Disney Plus with Star Wars Visions Mm -hmm. has touched on anime and we'll do so again with a season two whenever that comes out
2: yeah absolutely you know on, a, on Netflix I watched Knights of Sedonia was a good one they just did a theatrical release of the closing movie in that series that was really cool I know Dragon Ball still going strong Bleach is something people really love Demon Slayer has been great oh, my, my daughter
0: loves Demon Slayer
2: yeah, yeah, I know Inuyasha ended a couple years ago and they had some sequel series come out. So it it's definitely Vans just did like a crossover with Sailor Moon. So I don't know if you like you're a big shoe collector, but like that's pretty cool. It's definitely leaving an imprint on our society. Super stoked though, Trigun Stampede is coming out. It's like a computer animation. I don't know if it's a remake or a sequel. I feel like it seems risky to do a remake of such a beloved series so it'd be cool if this were more of like a sequel but they haven't really clearly stated that yet so i don't really know what's going on with that it's done in the same animation style as like the those godzilla shows on netflix so it's kind of like half anime half computer animation but uh you know still pretty exciting i just hope that when they do the english voiceover that they get johnny young Bosch to play the role again but uh We'll see. Definitely need to set aside some time, though, to check out some of this new anime coming out.
0: Well, the thing is, though, with the failure of Cowboy Bebop, I think that the large-scale projects were... They're going to be a little bit trepidatious at Netflix and other places because of the fact that Cowboy Bebop didn't really hit with audiences as much as they wanted to. Obviously, they canceled it after season one, which I found kind of disappointing because i thought it was good enough to get a season two but Mm -hmm. need i digress on that it didn't unfortunately come out too bare on that but still with anime really starting to gain a cusp on a mainstream audience on a mainstream audience that i think will go ahead and eventually warm up even more to it especially with all these major properties like star wars i think eventually marvel will get more into anime
2: marvel they did a little bit remember back in the day they had a wolverine anime and an x-men and iron man anime so they've definitely tried i think they'll go back
0: into it especially with the success of star wars visions on disney plus plus i think that you'll see other major entities starting to go ahead and delve and and dip their tone to the anime waters but I really think as they celebrate Anime Expo and one of the biggest celebrations of anime each and every year, I really think that it's going to look better and better for anime down the road.
2: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they're even starting to, with like Evangelion, this started a long time ago, but they're retelling these anime stories that were such like beloved hits. So, I I mean... There's still, there's anime for everybody. You know, there's anime for the nostalgia people. There's anime for the people that grew up with uh, stuff like that. Even like Robotech, I think, has been remade to some point. The Mobile Suit Gundam. Like, there, there's anime for everybody out there, whether you're a new fan, an old fan. Like, it's it's a, it's, beca- it's breaking out of the niche category that it was in, and it's becoming big. And I think in a couple years, we're going to see kind of rivaling the Star Wars and superhero stuff.
0: Absolutely. So what are your thoughts out there
2: on Anime Expo taking place this
0: weekend right there in Los Angeles? Are you happy with where the future is going for anime on all these streaming outlets and basically in the consciousness and the minds of pop culture and general audience out there at large? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we head on out, my friend, I thought I'd drop one last thing, and that is the seemingly the end of cuphead with the last dlc that's being done for it i guess for now let's say bring out a cuphead 2 which i'm sure they will because it's been such a great success but the delicious last course is the last bit of dlc that was released this past weekend your overall thoughts on cuphead before we head on out
2: i haven't had a chance to actually play the game but i've talked to many people who have and have loved it and brank from the super bs games cast played the delicious last course and he said it was phenomenal so i guess that like really goes to show like there are special games out there like cuphead that can continue to hold an audience just because of how great they are and you know you're seeing some more properties like that you have hollow knight and stardew valley like these things that these indie developers work really hard on and they end up like becoming huge with mainstream gamers so good for them
0: absolutely good for them cuphead overall has done a great job with i guess creating its own life of the successful indie game which is now garnered a life its own with a lot of products they've got an actual series on netflix a cartoon series animated series that people need to check out so yeah kudos to the folks making cuphead with the final dlc that's been released for us so if you have thoughts on the delicious last course and overall the success of cuphead please let us know Popculture cosmos at yahoo.com well my friend i wish you and tom cruise who hit 60 again a happy birthday but any last thoughts before we head on out
2: no not that i can think of if you guys are in the market for some good games like you know steam microsoft playstation nintendo like there's a ton of good sales going on right now so i'd highly recommend jumping into those marketplaces checking some things out and you know we'll talk more about video games and stuff at a later date i'm sure
0: Well, Prime Day around the corner. I know that's everybody's looking towards that. There's still the Steam summer sale going on. Epic Games has a sale. So if you're a gamer right now, it's a good time to go ahead and get some deals. And in a couple weeks, you've got, again, Prime Day from Amazon coming around the corner. So we're looking forward to that as well. But, man, you and Tom Cruise sharing a birthday weekend, man. He's hitting 60. I hope you're not hitting 60.
2: We're like BFFs, so it's all good
0: okay okay all right you're the wingman right
2: it's true yeah i'm the goose to his maverick
0: there you go absolutely absolutely indeed so truly appreciate everybody watching out there please catch all the stuff we do this week at pop culture cosmos on facebook and of course you can catch the latest news and trends in pop culture right here at the pop culture cosmos so for josh peterson this is gerald glassford it's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pump Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.